Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the RDL show. I am your host for today, Sky Guasco. The big man is out today, so I will be stepping in for you. Jonathan is also away. He is calling some games. You know he is very busy, so it is just me for the first half hour. But in the second half hour here in the bottom of the hour, I have a very special guest, Corey Anderson, athletic director at Bushnell University, will be coming on to talk some college activities. We'll be talking about the NIL name, image, and likeness that we've been talking about quite a bit here on the show. We'll be talking about that at the NAIA level, and we'll discuss what that means a little bit. We're going to talk a little college football playoff He's been an athletic director for a long time, also a head coach at the collegiate level, the high school level. And we're just going to see a number of hats that he wears and see what he would do maybe if he were the commissioner of one of these conferences here going into a potential expansion of the college football playoff. We'll get his thoughts on that. And then we'll talk a little PGA golf and get his thoughts around the world of sports as well. As you know, if you are returning to the show, you can find us right here on YouTube. If you're watching live, make sure to subscribe, hit the bell so you get all of the notifications. And if you're new to the show, please subscribe as well. We're going to follow up on a podcast too. So if you're listening back on the podcast, make sure to leave a rate and review right here on the Ryan D. Leaf Show. You can find all of our content at hashtag RDL Show. Once again, Ryan Leaf is out for today. He'll be back on Monday and we have some special guests lined up for you. Jonathan will be back as well. But today, I am rolling solo. If you notice and you follow the show often, you'll notice a different background for me today. That's because I am down in sunny California. It's beautiful down here. It's warm. And I am down at my parents' place in in California. I live in Eugene, Oregon, but I made the road trip down here to see my pops for Father's Day. And I want to kind of spend a couple minutes for the open here. Uh, Ryan usually opens with either some, you know, uh, mental health, uh, health, mental wellness, Um, or just kind of a general check-in of himself. And I wanted to spend a few minutes today to open up the show and check in on myself a little bit here. And a number of of things have come up here on my drive down from Eugene to California. I had quite a few hours in the car and got me thinking and just had me appreciating this time of year and what it means. And Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. And I want to wish everybody ahead of time that pertains to um, fathers, dads, bonus dads out there, Moms pulling double duty. Anybody filling into that father role, dad role, I want to wish you an early happy Father's Day. I'm blessed enough to have a 17-year-old daughter who's going to be a senior this year in high school. She just finished up a very strenuous junior year of high school. And our guest on today has three growing boys as well. Ryan has a three and a half-year-old son, as you all know. And I just got to thinking today when my daughter brought home her report card for the end of junior year. And a quick humble brag, because I got to give her a shout out. She ended up pulling off all A's. Now, I won't get into it, but I certainly was not (laughs) a top student back in my day at all. To be honest with you, I basically did the minimum to get by. I did enough to retain a quality GPA, enough for me to play, play ball, baseball, football growing up in high school. Now, I wish I didn't do it that way. I wish I was a better student. I wish I knew what I knew now then, of course, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. But what I'm getting at is this last year and a half of the pandemic and kids, at least where I live, have been home. And it's different than homeschool. We homeschooled in sixth grade. That was a lot different. I was the teacher for sixth grade. That's a lot different than what we've had this year. This year, The kids were home because of the pandemic. Parents were home because of the pandemic. And just recently in Oregon, at least, and where I'm at, parents have started to go back to work. Kids have started to go back to school, but almost everything is optional. I know that's not the case all over the country. So you may have a different situation where you are, but where we are, it has been very difficult and very challenging for a lot of people, especially those with multiple kids, right? Maybe each each partner or maybe they're single parents. And they have maybe multiple jobs. One of them's at home. One of them's actually back at the office or on the road. People have multiple kids, different ages. Some are back at school. Some aren't. Some are playing sports. Some aren't. Some have extracurriculars. Some aren't. And my daughter's on the dance team. She just became a dance captain. So she's been very busy with that. Um, And she's been just busting her ass in school. And she's a great student. 
And you know, mom and I always just kind of give her that like, hey, I don't know where you got her from, but way to go, kiddo. And it's been encouraging to see her do so well in school. And it got me thinking of the importance of setting up your personal priorities, setting up what is important to you. She has set the priority to herself that school matters. School to her, getting good grades matters. We are not the type of people or parents that push her very hard. We are not the like all A's or bust, right? At all. We're very proud of her and whatever she does. We know she tries hard. But the fact that she is 17 years old and puts that pressure on herself and puts herself to a certain esteem to get all A's and to shoot for that. She came home just a couple of days ago and said, man, I got a C in one class. If I get a couple uh, assignments in and I pass a paper, I think I can get an A. I might be able to get a 4.0 to finish up junior year. She stuck to it, hustled, stayed up late, 2, 3 a.m. the last couple of days and crushed it. And I just found out this morning on my way down here that she got 4.0. And I'm just absolutely pr- proud of her. And it's less about the grades. It's more about her setting that tempo for herself, setting up the precedent and following through. And it got me thinking about my personal life and what I do. Am I giving enough to myself and am I giving enough to the entities in which I've committed to? RDL show being one of them, right? Ryan's missed a couple of shows. He fills in for the Rich Eisen show, which is such an honor and a privilege. I hope someday maybe that'll be me as well. Jonathan is is calling games all around Southern California from LA to San Diego, right? Collegiately, um, collegiate games, high school games. He's all over the place. So I'm thinking like, what am I doing? You know, and I wear many hats and I won't get into everything, but I've committed myself to being here every single show, whether the guys are here or not, I'm stepping up and I've committed myself to bring you my best intentions and my best thoughts around the world of sports when I can give it to you. And having this show, among other things, I also run a fantasy football podcast. I mentioned a couple of times, if any of you are interested in the fantasy football world, you can hit me up on Twitter at my name, Sky Guasco, and I can talk to you about that and send you my links. I won't get into it much on this show here. But being able to commit to the show and having this show as a three times a week priority for myself sets the tone. It gives me stability. It gives me something to look forward to. It helps me stay in tune with the world of sports, which I might otherwise let kind of float by in the busyness of the world right now keeps me in tune with other sports I'm not necessarily always into, right? So I'm always kind of ingesting constantly to be prepared for these shows. Having the viewer interaction, right? Having you, the viewer, jump into the comment section. I see you piling up here and I'm I'm rolling solo today, so I'll get to you eventually. Having you, the viewer, pile up and, and say what's up and just encourage us when we're on. And it just means the world. I love doing this and it's a lot of fun. And this gives me a peace of mind and it gives me stability and it gives me mental clarity and mental wellness to do this show. So in the spirit of Father's Day and the spirit of my daughter absolutely crushing it and seeing other people doing what they love to do and getting back to quote unquote normalcy as we roll out of uh, the pandemic, some slower than others, of course, up here in Oregon, we're slower than others, but we're getting back to it. And seeing people getting back to what they love to do, seeing people with smiles on their faces, seeing people with better energy and better charisma in general, and just they're you know feeling better and feeling lighter is very positive and productive for me. So I just wanted to, on a sunny day in California, I want to throw out some encouragement to everybody to keep your head up, do what you love to do, set self, uh, set time aside for yourself to make sure that your priorities are met, make sure that your mental wellness is met. And if it's a show or it's walking your dog or it's, it's hanging out with your kids or it's a side project, whatever it is, make sure you set time for yourself. The RDL show is that time for me. And I'm absolutely blessed and honored to be here and have the privilege to jump on and Ryan to have the, um, uh, Ryan to have the confidence in me to step in when he's out of the big chair. So thank you to Ryan. Thank you to Jonathan. The guys will be back on Monday. I'm rolling solo today for the first half hour. Again, Corey Anderson, athletic director of Bushnell university coming up in the second half of the show. Once again, My name is Sky Guasco. If you're just tuning in live on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitter, you can find me at Sky Guasco on Twitter. You can find the RDL show at the Ryan D. Leaf show anywhere on social media, hashtag RDL show, and you can follow along on podcast rate and review as well. All right. I appreciate everybody 
tuning in for Friday's episode. I'm going to start with the NBA here. And <laughs> there's a lot going on in the NBA. Jonathan and I talked extensively on Wednesday about the NBA playoffs, which I'm briefly going to get into. But just about an hour ago, right, as I came down, I got a notification while I was driving, and I had to check it while I pulled over here. The Celtics make a big trade here. They trade Kemba Walker, all-star guard. Kemba Walker gets traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for a, uh, a, along with a first-round pick and a 2025 second-rounder. The Celtics trade those three entities to the Thunder for Al Horford, who returns back to Boston, beloved by the Boston Celtics fans. Moses Brown, who has previous ties um, with the Thunder, and a 2023 second rounder. So this is interesting. The, the, the combine's coming up soon. The draft's coming up soon. And Brad Stevens, who's now the president for the Celtics, is wasting no time. He has previous ties with the Thunder. He knows Moses Brown previously. So he's like, look, he's a good clubhouse guy. He's, he's going to give me quality minutes. He's going to give me 20, you know, pull down some, some rebounds, play a little defense. I like that kind of guy, right? Kemba Walker is owed $73 million. Al Horford, only $41 million guaranteed. So they're getting a huge pay cut there. That's going to be tremendous for the Celtics. They can also open up the floor a little bit for Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum as well. So they're kind of turning the keys over a little bit with Brad Stevens coming in. Kemba Walker's a great player, but he's expensive. He's been beat up a little bit. He's got knee issues, unfortunately, in his young career. So he's moving on. They're bringing in a stable, notable asset in Al Horford. They're bringing in Moses Brown, who Brad Stevens already knows from the Thunder. And they're getting a second-round pick in two years as well. So although they're giving up the 16th overall pick this year and Kemba Walker, they're getting back equal entities, I feel. And I think that this is a great move for the Celtics, also a great move for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Brad Stevens pulling no punches early, getting busy here in the trade deadline. So Jonathan's a huge Celtics fan. We're going to have to get his thoughts on that on Monday when he returns. But this is a good move, I think, for everybody. And the Celtics, again, you know, had trouble. They just make the playoff, uh, the play-in game, right? They get past that and they get kind of beat up in, early in the playoffs. But they're hopefully making a run and turning things around there in Boston. If they can get healthy at the right time, and we'll see what happens in the East next year. So I want to cover the Kemba Walker trade that happened just about an hour ago. So depending on how your day has been flowing, it could be breaking news uh, here on the RDL show. But Kemba Walker gets traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, with an exchange of picks and Al Horford and Moses Brown coming over from the Thunder back to the Celtics. All right, let's move on. Stay in the NBA here just for a second. And let's get into the Nets and the Bucks getting tied up 3-3. Three to three. This game is going to be a game seven here. Uh, Jonathan had mentioned it. Basically, if Kevin Durant can't score another 50 or 60 points, they could be in trouble. If Green isn't out there shooting seven threes from the perimeter, the Bucs might be able to turn it on with, with uh, Giannis. And Giannis went off. Middleton went off, played very well. They were able to tie up the series. They forced a game seven. This is anybody's series at this point. James Harden playing more minutes. That's great news. But we'll see which team actually shows up in game seven. The Clippers and the Jazz have a game six tonight. The Hawks and the 76ers also have a game six tonight. Of course, the Suns swept the Nuggets quite a while ago. Jonathan also called the Clippers game, right? I had mentioned the Hawks and 76ers, which I'll get into, but Jonathan called the Clippers game as well and basically said, even with Kawhi Leonard out, if Paul George can be playoff P versus playoff PG, they might have a chance. And sure enough, they do. They bring it. They shut down. Uh, they shut down the Jazz. Um, and essentially, you know, they're they're holding – Paul George puts up 37. He's 10 for 11 from free throw. That's huge, right? Obviously, he, he stays consistent from the line, which is massive. If they're going to put him on the line, he's going to have to uh, account for as much as he can there. Game six in L.A. tonight, Donovan Mitchell has played actually incredible late in the season and through the playoffs, but which Donovan Mitchell are we going to get from the Jazz? He had 21 points in game five. That's the lowest of the series. He had 45 points in game one, 37 in game two, 30 in game three, 37 in game four, and just 21 last night. So which version of Donovan Mitchell are we going to get tonight? 
Let's move on to the Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers. Again, the Hawks get a huge win, 109-106 late in the game. The 76ers absolutely collapse in the fourth quarter. The Hawks outscored the 76ers 40-19 to in the fourth quarter behind Trey Young's 39 points. Trey Young is very quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the NBA. He's fun. He's got enough confidence and like young player swag without being super cocky so far. I think I'm not into cocky players, but I do appreciate players that know they're as good as they are. Their backs up against the wall. They show up and they make it happen. And Trey Young is that guy. He kind of was a a villain with the uh, with the Knicks, right in New York at Madison Square Garden on arguably the biggest stage, at least prestigiously in the NBA, outside of maybe the Lakers and the and the Celtics historically. But he takes care of the Knicks four to one. Comes out here to the 76ers, the number one seed in the East, and they're one game away here from eliminating him. Absolutely incredible. Trey Young is playing very very well, and again, we'll see what Joel Embiid shows up. You can no longer count on Ben Simmons. He's a, unfortunately he's a liability, and that is that is going to hurt. Um, that is going to hurt the 76ers overall. So if Embiid can't show up and take over the game, and Trey Young plays as hot as he has been, I think the Hawks are going to take Game Six and wrap this up, even in Philadelphia or even in uh, Atlanta tonight. So we'll see what happens there. Okay. That moves through the Kemba Walker trade in the NBA and also breaking down again. The Nets and the Bucks are tied three to three. They have a game seven. The Clippers lead the Jazz three to two with the game six coming up tonight. And the Hawks lead the 76ers three to two with the game coming up tonight as well. And the Suns kicking their feet up, waiting to see who they're going to find in the West. Comment in the comment section who you think is going to win that Western series with the Clippers and the Jazz, who will face the Suns, and who wins that series. And let me know who you think is going to win the Nets and the Bucks series with a Game 7. The Nets have been absolutely incredible. Kevin Durant was out of his mind the other night with, with you know the studs out. But even with James Harden back, didn't have a repeat game. Giannis steps up, plays an incredible game with Middleton. Which team are we going to see in Game 7? And can Trey Young get past the 76ers? All right, before we move on here, I want to give a shout-out to our first sponsor of the day. You know him very well. I want to give a shout-out to... Sunfair. Now, Ryan is going to be back, and you know that Ryan gets his daily meals from Sunfair. Those are personalized, delivered, healthy meals every single day. Make sure to go to Sunfair, and during the sign-out process on sunfair.com, make sure you enter Carl Farrow as your sales representative and let them know that the Ryan D. Leaf Show sent you there for 10% off of your meals. Again, daily, personalized meals. Y'all know I got to bring it up here, my man. Ryan Leaf over here to the side here. The bottom picture is July of last year. It's about a year ago. And now you can see the progression he's had in just the meals. All these pictures are just meals, not workouts. You know, he's been working out daily recently, but these pictures are just the meals there at the top. 45 years old, looking absolutely fantastic. You know that he wants to celebrate many, many, many more Father's Days with his three-and-a-half-year-old son. So he's taking it into his own hands with Sunfair and getting it done. So go to sunfair.com, click Carl Farrow as your sales representative, and make sure you tell them that the Ryan D. Leaf Show sent you. Okay, I'm going to get into a little bit of baseball here before we bring in our guest for the afternoon. And now, y'all know I'm a big Giants fan, and the Giants are playing absolutely incredible ball. And to be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> I'm quite surprised how well the Giants are actually playing. Uh, Evan Longoria, who is Still a solid player. Been a great player for his entire time with the Rays. We brought him over last year. He's been playing very, very well, but he's been beat up, right? He's been hurt. He's been out. Brandon Crawford leads the team in hits, slugging percentage, average, and RBIs, and home runs. And Brandon Crawford is a a nice hitting shortstop. He's a gold glover every single year, makes all-star games. But you don't know him as necessarily a power hitter per se, along with some of these other great power hitting shortstops but he is on fire currently. So he has picked up the slack of Evan Longoria. And then you have a, a mil- what the Giants have done for years, even when they had the 2010, 2012, 2014 World Series runs, they have had a number of utility guys putting in innings, right? Like I just said on the last show, they're fifth in, in, in defense and they're third in ERA in the entire, uh, in the entire Major League Baseball. 
and they have the best record in the National League right now. Only the Tampa Bay Rays are ahead of them currently. Now, I can gloat all day about the Giants, and I love to do it, but unfortunately, <laughs> I have some negativity to bring to the National League and one of their rivals in the National League West, and that is the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Giants just swept the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are the worst team in the Major League Baseball by far. Uh, three nights ago, I told you two, on Wednesday's show, I told you that on Tuesday, I went to a minor league baseball game. In Eugene, where I live, we have a great minor league club, and they happen to be now an affiliate of my San Francisco Giants. So I went out to a Eugene Emeralds game. Fantastic you know, family affair, and I ranted about how, you know, you know, grown parents are out there shouting at the umpires and yelling obscenities when the kids are out there, which is a joke. But nonetheless, I went to the game. I had a great time. During that game, I was watching the, the out-of-town scoreboard, which is the Giants scoreboard against the Diamondbacks. The Giants were down 8-5 to five in the eighth inning. The Emeralds game ended, and I went home. And I didn't happen to catch the end of the game for the Giants. Come to find out, my man, Little Yastrzemski, hits a effectively walk-off grand slam in the eighth inning, but it was enough to make it happen. They win the game 9-8, to eight, the Giants do. Then the next day, they beat the, the Diamondbacks again. The next day, yesterday, they beat the Diamondbacks again. So now the Diamondbacks have lost 23 consecutive road games, setting an all-time record. Unfortunately, again, some negativity to bring on you Arizona fans, the D-backs... 10-3 loss against the Giants yesterday breaks a tie with the 1963 Mets and the 1943 Philadelphia A's. This is before they went to Oakland. The Philadelphia A's in 1943 for consecutive road losses. Arizona is 20-50 and 50 on the season, worst record in Major League Baseball, and they've lost 28 of 30. They've lost 28 of their last 30 games, including 14 straight. To add a little salt to the wound, unfortunately, the Arizona Diamondbacks' last road win came on April 25th, so a month and a half ago, at Atlanta, poor Braves, when Madison Bumgarner, my man, sent us to multiple World Series. I tip my hat to my man, Madison Bumgarner, still the best hitting pitcher in, in DM, uh, the MLB outside of Shohei Otani, of course. Madison Bumgarner pitched a seven-inning, quote-unquote, no-hitter. Since then, the Diamondbacks have been swept on the road. To get this, they've been swept, meaning they've lost every game of a series on the road since April 25th by the Marlins, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Rockies, the Brewers, the A's, and the Giants have all swept the Arizona Diamondbacks on the road. It, it We see slumps. They're... There has to be the worst team in a season in every single sport. It happens every year. There's always the worst team every single year. It baffles me, though, when a professional franchise of any sport loses this many games in a row. Like, it would be harder, obviously, to win 28 of 30 games than to lose 28 of 30 games. But it's almost difficult to lose that many games. I mean, it's, 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 it's unbelievable that they haven't had one ball bounce the other way. They were leading the Giants 8-5 to five in the eighth inning, and they give up a walk-off grand slam, and that game's over. How many other times throughout this last month and a half when they've been losing 23 consecutive road games and 28 of 30 overall, have they not had just maybe a strikeout instead of a walk? You know, a ground ball to second versus a base hit up the middle. A, a pop-up to left field versus a deeper home run right? A base hit versus a, a line out to center. All these little breaks in baseball happen all the time. How have so many not gone the Diamondbacks way? It's unbelievable. There's other teams in, in, in professional baseball right now struggling tremendously as well. The Orioles have been bad all season long. The Pirates have been bad all season long, right? Other teams have been great and been playing very well. And I haven't even talked about the A's and the White Sox. The Mets are in first place. Right, We haven't been talking about the Red Sox and the Rays very much, which we need to, and that's my bad. <laughs> uh, but it is, it's baffling to me. 
when a professional franchise of any kind, like I think about the Lions years ago that went 0 16. I think about the Browns who went 0 16. Even 1 in 5, 2 and 14 NFL teams, how does that happen? How do you not only get, you know, two, three wins at least? It, it, it just it, it blows my mind. So the Arizona Diamondbacks, unfortunately, struggling mightily. Now they take a couple days off, they have a couple home series. So hopefully they can win a few games, get back on the road and get off the schneid here and and not dig themselves a deeper hole in this record that they do not want. But Arizona fans, yikes. Let's jump in here and and, and let me know how you're feeling. Okay, I'm going to pause just for a second and check in on the comment section. So bear with me again. I am rolling solo here today. I do want to check in on the comment section, see if we have anything going on here so far. And we'll get to you. Again, if you're tuning in live, I'm sitting in for the boss today. Ryan Leaf is out today. Jonathan is out as well, but they'll both be back on Monday. Tune back in on Monday uh, and catch everybody. I'm sitting in the host seat. I have a special guest, Corey Anderson, coming up, the athletic director of Bushnell University, coming up in just a few minutes. I'm sitting in for the boss today. My name is Sky Guasco, usually a co-host, sitting in the host chair today. If you'd like to, feel free to jump in on YouTube, on Facebook, or on Periscope. Join me in the comment section. And we'll get through this. Again, pardon me, a little unprofessional here, but I'm kind of going to pause a second, catch my breath, and read through some of these comments here and see if we're going to bring anybody up here. All right, Eric Davidson tuning in. Yo, Eric, did you catch our NHL talk last week, man? Uh, I I spent like, I spent an extra hour in (laughs) pre-show making sure I had some Stanley Cup puck for you to uh, tune in a little bit. So I hope you catch that, man. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you're enjoying the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, diving in here. Animal Science TV, man, we'll definitely get to you as well. I appreciate you. All right, cool. I love when the uh, I love when the people come in. Um, Animal Science, feel free to drop your comments uh, in the section here, just one at a time, and I'll get to you uh, best I can. I appreciate that, Eric. You heard? I appreciate it, man. Cool, talking a little puck for you. Hope you're enjoying it. Okay, guys. I'm going to quickly give a shout out, of course, to our second sponsor of the day. Y'all know him very well. I'm going to talk about Athletic Brew real quick, and then we're going to bring in Corey Anderson, who's sitting backstage here with us, and we're going to talk a little collegiate conversation, and y'all can feel free to jump in the comment section as well. Before we bring in Corey, though, again, I want to give a huge shout out and big thanks to Athletic Brewing. Athleticbrew.com, brew without compromise. Now, this one, this is a big one for me. Y'all have heard, you know, y'all know Ryan's story. Um, He is very open about his story. Um, You know, 32 months in prison, went outside twice, changed his life when he went down to the the prison library and started teaching inmates and fellow uh, people in custody how to read and write and started giving back to the community and started realizing, like, man, maybe I should do that more often. So he was able to, you know, with with work, he was able to to jump into the sobriety community. He is a huge advocate, as you all know, and we are happy to have Athletic Brewing Company on our side here. Non-alcoholic brews. Now, I mention every single time I say this, I live in the Northwest. I live in Eugene, Oregon, all right? Between Eugene and Portland and Bend and Ashland and Medford, we have some of the best microbrews and craft beers in the country and maybe the entire world, all right? Absolutely delicious brews. But over the years, I've been a touring musician for many, many, many years. And over the years, you know what? (laughs) I like to enjoy a great craft beer and the taste of a good beer and still be able to go throughout my day. I don't want to drink a big beer, you know, get a buzz on in the middle of the afternoon and have to take a nap. So I love athletic brew. And for those of you who are like, why would I drink a beer that doesn't have alcohol in it? For me, it's the taste. For Ryan, it's the taste. And we enjoy them very, very much. So we're privileged to have Athletic Brew on our side here. Brew without compromise. Once again, go to athleticbrew.com. Let them know that Ryan D. Leaf Show sent you, RDL Show sent you 10% off of your first order. You can also uh, go check them out online. And they have many, many, many different brews to uh, order as well. So they have the two that we always talk about, um, the blue and the yellow. Uh, but they also have many more on the website that you can pick and choose from. They have stouts and they have reds and they have saisons and all these different ones. So if you're a beer geek like I am, but you aren't into the alcoholic side of beers, Athletic Brew is the one for you. So again, shouts out and thank you 
to Athletic Brewing for having us. All right, I'm going to bring in Corey Anderson in just a second. We also have a special appearance from somebody else who I'm going to bring in as well. I'll, I'll keep him a secret for just a little bit here, but we'll bring him in in just a second. But without any further ado, I want to bring in Corey Anderson, who I have been uh, talking with here the last couple of days. I'm very excited to bring up some fun uh, collegiate things. So let me bring him in here, and I want to welcome in Corey Anderson. Athletic, or You're the athletic director currently at Bushnell University, but you've worn many hats, my man. And also, of course, I have to say it before our whole chat room does. It, 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 I, I want to say that I, I feel like it lends to my lack of ego to be comfortable to invite you on with such a luscious beard that is literally twice the size of mine. People compliment my beard on this show constantly, and I feel I feel like a five o'clock shadow right now sitting to you, my man. How are you doing today? <laughs> Sky, I'm, it's going pretty well, man. It's been a busy morning in my office. I've been dealing with some uh, some interviews and some cleanup of interviews for some positions within the department. But uh, yeah, then I've got up here over my uh, left shoulder, I'm Keep my eye on the U.S. Open, too. So, you know, I've got to watch a little golf as my day goes. There you go. I love it. So I do have – I have, you know, some of your your accolades and resumes scrolling across the bottom here, and, and I don't need to necessarily read everything from you, Corey, but I am excited to talk to you because we've talked a lot of collegiate things on the show here recently, and you live in that world, and you've been a head coach at the collegiate level, at the high school level. You're obviously the, the athletic director now. Just curious, maybe a couple sentences for those of us that don't actually know what it means to be, to be an athletic director at one of these, you know, universities. What is maybe a day in the life? And obviously, it changes every day. But but what are some of the hats that you wear, and, and some of the responsibilities specifically to you as the athletic director of a university? Well, for the past year and a half, I've been a professional COVID manager. So uh, <laughs> I bet. yeah, I've I've learned. I've learned how to adjust on the fly, like we all have. The hard part has been with the population that I uh, that I directly work with. You know, the the, the nineteen to twenty three year old plus coaches. Man, it is it's been a real struggle because there's a lot of emotions of of our of these student athletes that, uh, of course, you know, hey, they're in college for their education, but a whole lot of them are in college because they they're having the opportunity to continue to play and play a sport that they love, and so to watch these kids be it uh, from last spring and then coming into this past fall to where, you know, something got shut down, but then moving into, you know, what are we walking into and what is this and how do we do this? And, and it was just a continuum of, of pause. And these kids is, can, you know, always I'll say working out or practicing. And sometimes it didn't feel like either or, and then finally uh, come this spring, be able to start having competitions again, again, overly managed, uh, you know, through whatever acronym, you know, you, you have to follow for whatever mm-hmm. state you live in. And, uh, and then to, and then to be in a conference where there's four states involved and, and to have these conferences not talk the same or to have these states not talk the same language with how to manage COVID and coronavirus and what if and when. So it's, it's been a real struggle. So, but what I, I guess what I normally do, and I've been doing this, I've been in this seat for 15 years uh, here at Bushnell University and, we, and we're uh, an NAIA uh, level university over here on the West Coast in Eugene. And what's interesting about us is we're also across the street, literally across the street from a major Division One university um, within uh, obviously the NCAA. And then, um, but before that, I was a, I was a 10-year high school um, athletic director and boys basketball coach. So I've been doing this for 25 years. Um, and then for, I think, eight of my first years here, I was also a basketball coach. I was a an assistant men's coach and a head men's coach with men's basketball. And so, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot, done a lot and continue to do a lot, but obviously I, I manage people. So I, at the end of the day, if I was to say what, you know, the, how, how my day goes every day, I manage people. I'm managing coaches. I'm managing student athletes. I have an administration team, you know, uh, 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 sports information directors, athletic trainers. I work with other administrators. So at the end of the day though, I'm, I, I work with a whole lot of different relationships and work on a whole lot of different relationships. And then you throw the word athletics and sport and competition in there. And those relationships can shift daily because people are competitive and people like to win. And sometimes that means, you know, in the course of a meeting or in the course of a practice or a game. And, and again, 
winning to an 18, 19 year old is a lot different than myself who's sitting here being 50 with a gray, white, you know, a big long white beard. <laughs> and so, yeah, but at the end of the day, I, I manage relationships and, and within that it's, you know, their schedules and transportation and eligibilities and coaches hirings and, and, and I don't want to say coach firings, but you know, people yeah. moving on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's just a whole lot to the day. The nice thing is with what I do, it's pretty rare where I walk in and I have the same day twice. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think I know what's going to happen on a given day and something else steps on those toes and moves in a different direction. So, but at the end of the day, I've been doing this for 25 years and it's fun. Well, it's, it's impressive. And it's, your resume is, is extensive. Uh, and I have just pieces of it kind of scrolling to give folks an idea of, of, oh, of who you that. are, and what you do, but it's, um, <laughs> It's extensive again from from you know freshman basketball. I mean, and frankly, youth sports basketball all the way up to the collegiate ranks. And now you're sitting in the big chair as the as the AD is is quite impressive. Yeah, no, I definitely I'm old. You know, I started off again working youth sports out of college and got into being a high school AD and a high school coach, and it just kind of grew. You know, nowadays uh, there's no way I'd get the positions that I have because nowadays it's all education based. You know, there's yeah. There's master's, you know, undergrad and master's classes in athletic administration. Those weren't invented back when right. you know, I was going through school in the in the 80s. Um, so, was, you know, I'm kind of old school when it comes to experience. I, I do have to explain my beard really quick. Yeah, sure. Uh, this is my COVID beard. Uh, a lot of people don't believe me, but this is what happens with me. This is what are we on month 14? Yeah, I think of COVID. So I, I've always had my from the time I was 18. I always had a little teeny uh, goatee. And then I, I started working from home and I'm like, well, I'm just going to grow a beard and it. see what it, <laughs> and then come December, I was Santa Claus for the, for the Eugene YMCA here. I was Santa Claus on zoom because of my white beard. And now Love it that. just kind of continued, but yeah, I, every day I'm, I, I, I ask myself, is this the day I'm going to shave this thing? That's so and then fun. I get like four people like giving me a compliment on my beard that day. And I'm like, ah, crap. Well, we've had again. Yeah, we've we've had we've had listeners and things like make wagers with Ryan and Jonathan and myself and like, you know, when's Sky gonna shave? Like, uh, you know, a thousand subscribers, you know, blah blah blah. If they, <laughs> somebody wins a tournament, blah, blah, blah. and it's just so funny. I feel like literally, I feel like I just have a five o'clock shadow going on right now. But yeah, see, I've Corey, never known you without a beard. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I if you, well, if you were on here with no beard, I wouldn't even know what you. Yeah, I'm, like. I just I don't I don't take the time to shave. So for me, this is like a four day thing, and and it is what it is. Corey, I appreciate the intro, man. We do have a lot to get into. I want yeah, to talk about the, the name, image, and likeness with you as well and what it means at the NAIA level, which may be a little bit different than the Power Fives that we're used to. Also talk a little college football expansion. But you talk about building and maintaining relationships. And I say this in my personal life, on this show, on my other show, that's what life is all about, right? Amen. If I didn't build and maintain relationships, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair right now. And the person that has been extremely instrumental to me building and maintaining relationships on this show and elsewhere is an old friend of yours. And I wanted to bring on an old friend and he wanted to say hi to you really quick. Jonathan, Corey, <laughs> how are you guys? Great athletic, athletic director, formerly known as Northwest Christian University, now Bushnell, Corey Anderson. How the hell are you? Rifkin, my goodness, my man. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Just living life in, in Southern California. Can't complain too much. I, I can't say like I'm. This is the most I've been able to grow <laughs> in, the last, in the last month. Uh, <laughs> I, I, if you could just cut a little bit off and send it my way. So we I have all we have all stages there. right now. This is good. This Man, is like a, a before, Risky. during, That's, and after. You know? Hey, it needs to be known. And, and Jonathan, I know you're killing it down in SoCal with all your announcing. But I, but I'm proud to to have one of your titles. You know, be a the 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 voice of the beacons from you know a year was that over that was a year or two years ago no, we're, yeah we're two now year and a half two, two years, years ago removed. it's crazy COVID has scrambled my brain yep. so I don't even know I still yeah. have my award that I won my broadcasting award from the from the call oh there you I go look of, at that I don't know I mean Nick sent it to me maybe you don't even know but uh Nick entered me into the NAI SIDA yeah. broadcasting broadcasters of the year and I came in in top three so Oh, that's awesome. Is that a, and I, I can't see enough. Is that a, is your, no, on your shirt. Is that a beacon shirt? This is, yes, this is my that's beacon what... polo that you gave me in your office. I, I, 
I told Sky, like, to me, like, press passes and polos. Polos for my gigs are really important, and I like to have stacked my polos from all my different jobs. And my, I still hold it. My favorite broadcasting gig was doing basketball for NCU slash Bushnell just because it was so much fun. Um, the program, I mean, you guys are just great. Like, every single person that I worked with and around within Bushnell was amazing, um, and the team was so much. Like, that was that was the next level of what we've seen out of Bushnell basketball. So I feel very fortunate to have been a part of it. Oh my goodness. Those are, those are warm words and I appreciate it. That's great, man. Yeah. I ha enjoyed having you when we did, but I'm Hey, I'm glad that the connection's still going. Bushnell basketball is still going strong. KWVA, our local radio station is still present. You guys are still yep. helping cultivate young the, broadcasting talent and the women, yeah, the women's, I believe just won back to back titles. Yeah. So this, when we had basketball, of course, this spring, cause who doesn't play hoops in the spring? Um, we, uh, yeah, we still had the crew in, so they were in doing our, which was great because we weren't able to have fans. Yep. And so to put that voice on our stream and, and, and for people to watch and, and hear the game was awesome. So I appreciated I that it. relationship that you started with us, you know, two and a half, three years ago. To grow. So I heard that baseball might be coming to Bushnell. Is this hey, true? It is on, man. We have announced this a, a couple months ago. So yeah, we've got a, a, a site. We've announced, yeah, we, we're adding baseball. Yeah, we're, The site looks I'm, amazing. I'm, yeah, no, it's going to be really cool. Right now, it's just a pile of dirt. Um, so, it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's a baseball field that's that's being dropped and being rebuilt into a collegiate level. And also, it's going to be a, a West Coast League, uh, Wood Bat League, uh, starting in the summer of 22. Yes. That's amazing. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be really cool. So, we've got a partnership uh, with, with them. It's, they're the Springfield Drifters um, are their name. And uh, so, yeah, we're excited about that. And, and we've got a great, uh, great relationship uh, that, that has started up. And then uh, Tommy Richards is our head coach. Um, he comes out of Whitman University um, up in Walla Walla. So we're really excited about having him with us. And right now we've signed, I want to say we've already signed 26 guys wow. for next year. We're trying to get that to 30 to 35. But, yeah, no, we're. Yeah, oh, and having that summer collegiate connection. I mean, you guys are going to start getting players from all over the place. Yeah, we're excited. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, they, and again, you got the you have you have the Ducks in town who are doing well out you know in the regional division at least. You got the Eugene Emeralds who I haven't mentioned in the last couple of shows. That's you know minor league baseball. Um, I played a little semi pro uh, back in my day. I might have to come out of retirement and at least do a walk on and uh, we'll have to have a full happens. physical. Make sure uh, yeah, full full physical. Uh, yeah, we'll make sure. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't want Jonathan to go out and resuscitate um, you. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Jonathan, are you sticking around the last couple of minutes? You got to go. Uh, I have a softball, two softball championships in three hours. I could stick around for four or five minutes if you don't mind having. Let's me. let's let's get about fifteen twenty. I would love to, for you to carry on some conversation with Corey <laughs> right, here, and uh, and and Corey, Corey, again, thank you for joining us here. And uh, the listeners, I'm going to check in on some comments because I've been piling up as I've been hosting solo here. But let's get into two different things, Corey. I want to talk to you about, and yeah. Jonathan has also been very passionate about each of these as well. So I'm going to more or less kind of turn it over to you guys here in a second. Name, image, and likeness. We've been talking about it a lot. The NIL. We've been talking about it a lot here on the show. But primarily, we've been, we've been talking about it in the Power 5 conferences. Corey, again, you're, you're not a Power 5 conference. Um, so what exactly does it mean for the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics, NAIA? And to my understanding, uh, they passed the first legislation of its kind to actually allow student-athletes to be compensated for their use of name, image, and likeness. Can you confirm that? And if so, what does that actually mean here? Yeah, and this was actually last fall that this was passed within the NAIA. Um, and then right now we're, we're trying to figure out exactly what that means still. At the end of the day, you know, we passed this. Once the California legislation moved that, and in California there's a lot of schools within the NAIA. We knew that was coming. We wanted to get ahead of the game. And so we had uh, a lot of uh, uh, conversation nationally within our within our conferences about this and 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 we passed it again last fall you know some of the reasons we did this we wanted to provide opportunities for student athletes um we wanted to be ahead of the ahead of the market on it and so uh that was that was part of it too um you know the nei is is a leading you know af athletic opportunity it's a leading uh uh, area for, for, you know, us in the NCA, obviously for, for student athletes to, to be able to continue to, to participate, but then also our student athletes at our level, they're already able to receive financial assistance. So this wasn't something that was going to come in and we were going to have to redo all of our rules for, um, for what this means specifically 
to the NAI is, is it, again, as you mentioned, it is definitely different than the Power Five. And it's definitely different for like us compared to within our own state, because we've got some of our institutions that are in more rural areas where some of their student athletes, hey, if I'm the starting quarterback and I'm and I'm in whatever, I'm, I'm over at, in, in Eastern Oregon, uh, my name and image and likeness could mean something to a parent company in that town. Now for us, because we're across the street from a, from a, one of those power five conference schools and a, in a, in a very powerful one, a strong one at that, I don't know if it's going to really hit us because we could have a student or a student athlete or a team win a national championship. Well, at the end of the day, we're still going to be in the shadow of the U of O who sits right next door. But for people within our conference, it could have major implication. Now, we may have a student athlete that is from a more rural area, even though they're competing here in Eugene. And so all of a sudden there may be the, you know, the local Ford dealership or whatever in uh, wherever in Sandy, Oregon, that may be interested in their former high school quarterback who is, you know, at an NAI institution and doing well. And now all of a sudden that could lead, you know, to a, to a, an opportunity for that student athlete to be able to turn a revenue because uh, of the, the approval of NIL. Corey, when the NAIA is, it feels like the discrepancy between public, private, and bigger enrollment schools versus smaller enrollment schools seems even bigger than in, in you know, even beyond the Power Five and NCAA Division. Obviously, Division Two and the NCAA is more comprised of the smaller public schools, but you still have your metro states out there that are, you know, 40,000. But even the NAIA, and this actually might be more specific to your situation at Bush no, because you guys have University of British Columbia in the Cascade Conference. They're the largest NAIA school. I mean, they're in, in Canada, but not in the NAIA. They have 44,000 students, right? Yeah. How does a school like them or University of British Columbia, a bigger school than NAIA, like how, how do they compare to a smaller public school like one of the IUs in this situation? And then conversely, you know, is there a bigger discrepancy within the NLI or an NIL with the private schools such as Bushnell and maybe the public schools like Eastern Oregon, because it seems like there might be more flexibility for these private schools and for these bigger schools than there is for the smaller schools and the public schools. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And to say there's an exact answer on that, uh, there isn't, because obviously we're on the very front side of, of NIL. And so to say what the outcome is going to be, we're all kind of living in this together right now. And so I do again. The nuances of the of the larger to smaller schools is 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 many. Um, I think if you know if where these schools reside too, are they near a larger population base? Are they more rural? Um, yeah, I think that's all going to play into it. Uh, you know, and then then depending on you know I, again, I think at our level we may see more of this actually with the student athlete. And they're and honestly, like where they're from in their hometowns, I think that may have a bigger play, at least for schools like ours, to where we don't play into the marketplace of entertainment as highly. But but some of the schools in our conference do, because in Klamath Falls or Eastern Oregon, there's less going on from an you know an entertainment uh, opportunity to than what we have in Eugene as far as um, other you know other specific to intercollegiate athletic entertainment. So, yeah, I, your guess is honestly as good as mine. I, I, I'm excited to see where this goes, you know, because I think it's, it's pretty cool for the student athlete to know that there is at least that opportunity to be able to, to, to create a revenue off their name. I think where it could be bigger, actually, is going to be on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're going to see probably more student athletes that have a, you know, that are trending um, on social media, I think that those those will have more of a of a marketplace to create their own um, revenue line, as opposed to the you know the local business that that I would normally view as someone to take advantage of NIL. To where nowadays a student athlete can market themselves. There's some of these schools, and Sky. I'm sorry, I'm hijacking the questions here. No, please, because it's just fascinating. Um, I'm coming into this completely blind, but you know, there, there are schools that are, that are in similar situations to Bushnell in relation to bigger universities, right? I mean, you can go to Texas, all of the, all of the NAI schools are within a 15 mile radius of a big Texas school. You go to IU South Bend, they share the same street with, with Notre Dame, right? 
And this is going to, like you mentioned, it's the little brother, big brother, right? Oregon Bushnell University. When Oregon adopts an NLI in their own right, right? And Bushnell has the NLI in there as it pertains to them. Is there an ecosystem that's going to be able to coexist where business, like, like you said, like this may be social media driven, but in a small town, you can garner far more interest from local businesses than from, you know, from somebody for, uh, at La Sierra University trying to get into the Orange County market to get a sponsorship when people at, at you know, UC or Cal State Fullerton and UC Irvine are probably going to swipe those up. Is there a way to balance that ecosystem? And again, this may just go back to your last answer. We don't know. But or conversely, maybe it might be easier because we love the underdog mentality in society and, you know, Bushnell not getting the love that maybe it deserves as it pertains to that NIL may actually encourage businesses to give these students more attention. Do you think that that perspective might be a possibility? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, uh, a, a, a sponsor is going to want to get value for their dollar. And so it just matters, you know, do they feel that the public knows the, the, the student athlete's name? You know, do they feel the public knows the student athlete's image? And so I think that's, that'll be the biggest thing is a business. Will they decide this is good for them? Because, you know, Hey, for profit is poor profit. They're not going to pay some student athlete. I don't care if it's from the U of O or from Bushnell, if they don't think there's a, you know, something that they're going to gain from it. That's why I honestly think that this is going to be probably be even more social media driven Yeah. because as you know, there's a whole lot of, you know, social mediaites that have created a name themselves. And, yep. you know, now they're whatever UFC and boxers, um, <laughs> you know, so now these guys have gone out because of social media, they've created their, their own NIL. And so now it'll allow for whether it's NCA or NAIA student athletes to kind of get into that marketplace. And we don't know who they are now. And we may not know them because, you know, they're the, quarterback at whatever Florida state, but we right. may know them here pretty soon because of, again, what do they generate, generate for clicks? You know, yep. and if they can get a lot of clicks now, all of a sudden they start getting noticed and, yep. and, and we may be the last to even know it, but I talked to my 13 year old and he can tell me who's popular within, you know, a lot of these social media. People. So who's, who's running the TikTok, the Bushnell TikTok account then? Is that you or is that one of your kids? Is that Nick? Like, <laughs> who's in charge of that? Because I have well, a feeling in the next few years that TikTok account is going to get very popular. Well, it's funny. We're actually hiring another – we're hiring an assistant SID right now for this very reason. We're, we're hiring another SID because right now, yeah, Nick is a one-man band. Yep. And he's, you know, he's old school. He's like me. He's been there for 15 years. And when he started as our SID, it was, you know, keeping stats and writing recaps and, you know, take mm -hmm. pictures – and it's quickly moved into, well, old school Facebook and, you know, now Instagram and Snap and, and TikTok and everything else. So, yeah, we're now in the process of hiring an assistant SID to have a focus point on social on the social wow. media market. That's amazing. Yeah, you, Corey, you bring it. You bring that up. And, and the last point here, and we'll move on to some college football uh, playoff expansion. I just think of in, in Eugene, um, Justin Herbert, obviously now in the pros with the Chargers, Sabrina Inescu in the pros as well, doing her thing. Um, Haley Cruz just finished her last game for women's softball. But I think of all three of them, again, it's just the day and age of being 20, 21, 22 years old. They're not only celebrities because of what they do on the, on the field, on the court, but they're celebrities on TikTok, <laughs> right? Yep. I mean, like Haley Cruz is arguably more popular for her TikTok dancing and an account than she is as like one of the best college softball players in the country. Well, Sky, you know, what's funny about that point here really quickly. And I'll, it's, it's the whole Chris Paul narrative that's going around. The reason like we love Chris Paul or we should love Chris Paul because he's a journeyman who's been fighting so hard to get to a championship, but there's a bunch of people out there that are now paying attention to the NBA playoffs. If he continues to be on track to play because they see him as cliff paul in the, the state farm commercials and that has drive driven his imagery so now you get a bunch of people who have never watched a sun's game who probably didn't even know chris paul was an nba like a great nba player are now invested in this story because of a commercial because of a social media fad or trend right and, and you feel like you're attached to him personally exactly. we, right? we get attached to the story and that's exactly yeah. what you and Corey are, are saying in your point so well that's a great way to end it that's awesome one thing that i am certainly attached to is my bomb banana hot sauce. You know how we do this here. Bomb banana hot sauce, seekthespice.com. Make sure you go to bomb banana hot sauce and make sure to get the white label, 
which is a little bit more mild, or you can get the red label, the Mui Mui, with a little bit more spice. We're going to check back in with Corey to see what he what he prefers with the spice or the uh, mild side. But make sure you go to SeekTheSpice.com, hit up Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. Once again, banana-based, not banana-flavored hot sauce. Make sure you check that out that this weekend as you enjoy Father's Day. All right, we got a few minutes left here. And again, Corey Anderson, Athletic Director of Bushnell University. Appreciate your time today, brother. It's really great to check in with you. I know you and Jonathan go way back, and uh, you and I do as well. So it's really great to have you on uh, on the show here today. And uh, once again, the big man out for the day, but he'll be back on Monday. Tune back, and we'll get to a couple questions at the very the, end of the he show. He still tweaks his back putting right like he wants to he wants to make the next Tory pines cut and he was putting and just flew, flew that that that's back. that's your that's your story if, if if ryan leaf can handle somebody using a cell phone in the crowd i think he's going to be just fine all i know is i've seen him putting in that rich eisen studio and he could tweak the back <laughs> of the form. that's all i'm saying fair enough all right let's get into let's get into something else that that jonathan and i have talked about at nauseum here but again i want to get Corey. i want to get your perspective on this and again, we just went over, you wear many hats here. We want to talk about this college football expansion idea to 12 teams. Um, I, I just want to cut to the chase here. We've talked about the expansion and what it could mean, and, and we've, we've covered those things. For you specifically, as, again, a, a coach mindset, an athletic director mindset, maybe, you know, think about maybe a commissioner or somebody that's like making a decision as for one of these conferences how would you go about this? What would you want to see? Would you want to see 12 games, eight te- or 12 teams, eight teams, 16, 24? Would you want to see bye weeks? Do you want to, see, I mean, wh- how exactly would you run this if you could make a decision for one of these conferences here for the 12 team playoff expansion that they're talking about for college football? Well, at the end of the day, to be fair, we don't have football. So I have a very unbiased view. Perfect. But- Let's be honest. There's one reason they're doing this, and you both know what it is. It's a little, uh, a whole lot of scratch. Ashe. So if if they're going to run this thing for money, then they're going to want to get the most games out of it. And if I was if I was running the show, I'd be. At, how do I get the most games? Because the more games, the more eyes, and the more wallets open up. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think what what's what's good and bad. It'll it, you know it's back to the student athlete. They're the ones that are going to be out on the field playing, what, 17 college football games if you get down to the championship game this year mm-hmm. or next year whenever this takes place. So, you know, it's those college football players that are just going to be, you know, and, and we've all seen what happens with, you know, concussions and, and the human body when you get, you know, banged so many times. So the outcome of playing that many games may not be known for years down the road. And, again, I, I hope at that level – these do, these guys can make as much money out of this that they can. Yeah. If they're if you're going to force them to, to to play, if you if the reason that they're going to be playing is for the NCA and a whole lot of corporates to be making a whole lot of money, we got to figure out a way to pay these college football players. And, and it will be thought. fair because the offensive the second string offensive lineman exactly. is not going to get paid as much as the quarterback. You know, there's a whole yeah. lot of no yeah. duh there. I was just going to say, and, and the defense is never going to be paid as much as people that score points, and that's just how it goes. So yeah. that would hey, be maybe defenses can score de- points. Come on, Sky. Charles that Wilson would, be, would get paid. There you go. There you go. That, <laughs> that would be them, yeah. that's a that's a deeper that's a deeper conversation that that maybe we're just going to have to continue on next week because you think about paying players is one conversation, but who do you pay? Do you pay everybody just a flat rate, like a salary or something like that, right? Or do you do you do you play the there's this idea that maybe you only play the uh, pay the players who have made it to the playoff, right? So then you're only paying those teams and those players instead. And you have to expand it because you have to give all schools an equal opportunity to get to the point where they can get the rev share to pay. Exactly, them. exactly. And then you talk about the 12 teams, and maybe you have four teams on a bye, right? And then the other eight teams have to play in a in a you know a play in bracket, if if you will, to relate to the NBA here for a little bit. They play each other. The winner plays then the next seed, and those top four seeds get that get that bye week there. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the college football playoff does here in the in the next handful of seasons. And my understanding is again, kind of with the name, image, and likeness, it's not a matter of if but when. It's just a matter of semantics at this point. College football playoff will expand. It's just a matter of when and to how big it's going to happen. Well, and look at what just happened with the NBA, with the play-in games. That became immensely popular. It was the talk of the front end of ESPN and any sports radio show 
And I don't think they saw that coming instantly. No kidding. They're going to be doing this for years to come. The players don't like it because it's more games for them to play. But what the players will definitely like is once they start having the, you know, the expanded revenue share, they'll start agreeing with it more. But that, but the players now. I'm just about to come an NBA conversation. Um, the, the players, what the players <laughs> it's have Friday, now. It's Friday. We'll go a few minutes. What the, what the here. players have here, Corey, is is extra ammo because Kawhi Leonard being the eighth star to go down the postseason proves that these players. Especially, look, I I like I love the play the idea of the playing game, and I had I was the odd man out on the RDL show at first because the whole point is that they could go and slap a State Farm underwrite on it, make a shit ton of money. Pardon my French, and, and be able to and create an extra form of content to make money off of and an extra form of content to, to get sponsors to add, add rev rev to what they needed, right? They lost billions of dollars in the pandemic. So I understand it, but in a shortened season, in a shortened off season with limited practice time and limited preparation and limited this and that, it, it, it did put the players health at, at a fault. We saw it with, I mean, it started with the Lakers and just matriculated all the way down. I mean, there's no healthy teams left uh, minus Milwaukee and, who knows? Maybe they look like they're the best team to win it all right now. But that's not the point. The point is, is like we after we didn't we didn't know at the time that we we're gonna have all these injuries, right? So we love the playing games, and now we're seeing the recourse of that. Now in the college football playoff, we can make the same argument. Let's say Boise State wins the Mountain West. Boise State is a very complete team, but they get a six or they get a seventh seed, and like you said, Sky, maybe the first four teams get buys, and then the back eight need to go and play. Okay, so now Boise State has to go play three games, and game number two, star quarterback gets injured, star running back. You know, the, these things happen. It hurts the product of the game, and then we have we have the other perspective. Okay, maybe this wasn't a good idea because you're not protecting the players, you're not protecting the, the quality of the game. Um, so it's it's is the opportunity cost of expansion of getting the extra ad rev and potentially being able to put these players in a position to get paid something worth the the extended possibility of them getting injured, um, yada, yada, yada. Because the other thing, too, is these small schools like UCF, for example, it's not a small school. It's one of the largest student populations ever. Um, our top three with Ohio State and the University of Texas system, I think. Um, they like they they want the brand recognition to be a football powerhouse, right? They got, went and got Gus Malzahn. They went and had an undefeated season where self-proclaimed national champs. For a school like that to get actually get into the college football playoff would add credibility to their program. They want that opportunity for Boise State. They want for BYU. They want for Coastal Carolina. They want. We need. We will never have that without an expansion. They don't need to go make the championship. They just want the the marketability. No matter what, if you make the of the postseason, right? When Bushnell, you know, a small school in Eugene goes and makes the NAIA tournament, that actually does very good things for Bushnell because it puts Bushnell on a national map where the NAI field is so convoluted because there's so many schools from all over the place and they're all protected by the little conference bubbles. When you get out of that bubble, it's great for your school. Same deal here with college football playoff expansion. So there's a lot of problems and there's a lot like and that can go all sorts of ways. I think that it's going to happen. And like you said, Corey, we'll just wait and see yep. the effects of it. Yep, there's a lot to co- lot to cover, and we'll have to get into it next week. Corey Anderson, it's been a pleasure, man. Long time. Uh, you have deep relationships with both of us. It's been a long time. It's been it's been a pleasure to no have you on me. today. Yeah, there you go. Shouts out, shouts out, Bushnell Beacons. I want to um, wish you and the other fathers, dads, bonus dads, moms pulling double duty. Anybody in that role, I want to wish an early. Happy Father's Day. Corey, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Sky. Jonathan, great to uh, – that was a that was a special surprise there, Sky. So, so <laughs> thanks for providing that. That's cool. And I'll yeah. say hi to Nick for you, Jonathan. Yeah, I, yes, please do. I, <laughs> Nick has worked harder than – I mean, I've worked with millions of SIDs at every level, and Nick works harder than anybody. So, oh, he um, bless it. Yep. it. So definitely give him my love. I appreciate it, Corey. Thank I will. You. I'll have him go awesome. back. This is recorded. I'll have him go back and watch this. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Be- best to the family, Corey. I appreciate right, you. Jonathan, thanks for popping on today, thanks, buddy. I'm going to jump into a couple of these comments here really quick before we get out on the show here. Once again, Scott Guasco sitting in for the big man, Ryan Leaf, out for today. He'll be back on Monday. Corey Anderson, once again, a special guest today. And Jonathan Rifkin popping in unannounced. Uh, to say hello as well. Pleasant surprise. So a couple questions here in the NFL. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because we're uh, running late as is, but I did want to get to it. Is Tua Tungavailoa going to work out? Um, I think they did too much, you know, confidence in him. So Tua, it all comes down to him learning the playbook, which he said he was already uncomfortable with. That's not a problem. He's a rookie. He'll figure it out. And it comes down to his health this year. I think he got started prematurely. They went back and forth with him and Fitz uh, Patrick last year. 
I think they need to commit to him, which they're going to this year, ride it out, learn the playbook. He has Jalen Waddle, who's a great deep weapon from Alabama, former teammate. And then he's got Will Fuller that comes in, one of the deeper threats in the NFL. He's going to miss game one with the suspension for PEDs, but he'll be back after that. A great run game, a young defense, great coaching staff. I think that Tua is going to be fine in time. I'm not sure if he's going to take a massive leap this year, but I do expect him to get better and better as the next couple of years come up. Next question in the NFL, did they pay too much for Dak Prescott? Yes and no. The amount of money that quarterbacks make is unfathomable to people like you and me. You and I cannot sit here and talk about $400 million, $700 million, basically a half a billion dollars for Patrick Mahomes. People like you and I can't even talk about that kind of money in a serious conversation. But in football terms and in quarterback terms and the NFL pocketbook, money comparison did they pay too much for Dak Prescott I don't think so you can say yes because of the injury and and whatever he's still very young he in my opinion he's not even hit his prime of his career still has a great running back and ascending defense Micah Parsons is going to be huge in the middle of that defense which has been pretty rough for a long time a division that's wide open the Cowboys should win the division every year and even when they do they don't make deep runs so can the offensive line stay healthy can Zeke continue to be a powerhouse in the backfield, and can they make the most of CeeDee Lamb in year two with Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper before they have to break up that party next year in free agency? No, I don't think they paid too much for Dak Prescott. I love Dak Prescott. And quick fantasy note, he's one of my like fifth uh, quarterback there that I think you get the most value and upside on. He was on pace for 6,000-plus yards in his first four and a half games before he went down last year. I love Dak Prescott. Last question. Uh, do you think Rodgers will, one, be back with the Packers, two, retire, or three, traded? I think he will be back with the Packers. This is We've talked about this ad nauseum on the show as well. Ultimately, I think that he will be back with the Packers. He's not going to find a better opportunity. They've talked about Denver quite a bit. San Francisco was on the books for about six minutes on draft day. That's out the window. The reality is Aaron Rodgers is a Packer right now. There's no other team in the NFL, in my opinion, that he can go to tomorrow and have a better chance than what the Packers give him up and down the roster to win a championship. They've been to three uh, uh, NFC championship games. Unfortunately, they ran into a buzzsaw in the 49ers. They ran into a buzzsaw in the in the uh, Buccaneers, right? The Super Bowl they got to, they ended up winning it. So I do think Aaron Rodgers has another chance. I think he could have an opportunity if they can make it that far once again. Devontae Adams, still one of the top three uh, wide receivers in the NFL, Aaron Jones, underrated running back, and ascending defense, solid offensive line. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be just fine. I do think eventually he makes it back, but I wouldn't count on it anytime soon. And Ryan says at every show, the only person we haven't heard talk about the Aaron Rodgers saga is Aaron Rodgers himself. Until we, until we hear the man speak himself, we're going to kind of steer clear of that. My personal opinion is he is back for Green Bay. All right, y'all, a little overtime, a little extra innings for you on this Friday. I appreciate you sticking around. Once again, my name is Sky Guasco. You can find me on Twitter, my personal account, at Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O. You can find the Ryan D. Leaf Show on all social medias at the Ryan D. Leaf Show, hashtag RDL Show. If you're on YouTube, make sure to smash the subscribe button, leave comments as well, and hit that bell so you don't miss any alerts. We're live on YouTube every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 1230 to 130 Pacific Standard Time. Make sure to join us. Tell a friend, tell a family member, listen back on podcasts, and leave a rate and review anywhere you listen to your Believe Network podcasts. Special thanks to our guest today, Corey Anderson. Big up to my man, Jonathan Rifkin, popping in for just a couple minutes. And once again, I want to wish all the fathers, all the dads, all the bonus dads, stepdads, foster dads, and moms pulling double duty, happy Father's Day. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a safe weekend. Everyone be well. We'll catch you on Monday. That's it for the Ryan D. Leaf Show. I'm Sky Guasco. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.